0: well welcome this is uh you're going to be listening to a short podcast about something which is very important and happening right now which you would like to know about and you might want to contribute to to uh alleviating this situation as well but also we're going to teach you some really really useful techniques for getting a handle on Emotions and Feelings and Stress. And we are three people. So I'm going to hand over to my colleague Gunilla Hamne.
1: Yeah, so welcome so much. This is a podcast from Peaceful Heart Network. We're based in Sweden, but working worldwide with emotional health care. So uh, we also have a guest here from um, our neighbor country, Great Britain. Please, Dr. Siana.
2: Hi, everybody. This is um, Siana. I am a, um, um, a doctor in a medical camp, a refugee camp, actually, in Greece. Uh, we're running a clinic there. And uh, uh, on the island of Lesbos is where I first met um, Gunilla and Ulf uh, during the peak of the crisis in 2015.
0: Yeah. And we had, we had come there to actually working with another organization, at the time, Gunilla, will you tell the story?
1: Yeah, um, we were asked to come to Lesbos, um, the island, one of the islands where so many refugees came from uh, Turkey over with this raft, with these very dangerous boats, too many people in each boat. Uh, and not specifically work with emotional health care for refugees, but for volunteers, because there were so many people who went there to help out. It was fantastic, so much willing people coming to, to assist in this situation. But many got very stressed because of not knowing how to deal with themselves. Not sleeping, running out on the beach the whole night and the morning and the next day to help those who came to the shore. Helping the babies, the mothers, the young guys. And finally having a lot of problems emotionally because of this situation. And of course, just to be in this very stressful um, environment where people have come and fleeing from war. Yeah.
0: So what we did was we had, we did a training. What we do when we do trainings is we teach emotional first aid and emotional self health care, uh, and we use simple methods that take five minutes a day. It's you know it's equal to brushing your teeth to keep your your, your to keep your mouth health. It's equal to washing your hands, and basically it's because it's of tapping and breathing parts of your body, tapping parts of your body and breathing in a specific way. But before we teach that, uh, Dr. Sayana, would you mind telling us a little bit about why you are there and what's going on at the moment?
2: Yeah, sure. Thank you. um, Um, So, we obviously began uh, in the peak of the crisis when, you know, 100,000 people were crossing over the stretch of sea from Turkey to Lesbos. And um, uh, my personal interest in trying to become more involved in humanitarian medicine was fulfilled when, um, you know, I joined a charity mission at the time um, and ended up there. And it it was something I've never done before. And I I think, like me, many volunteers who arrived there were maybe not trained to deal with the kind of... um, emotions, the kind of um, di- disaster and catastrophe that we faced. We were so unprepared. Um, so not only were the people who were coming across or escaping war suffering, uh, coming with a lot of obviously their own emotional baggage, there was also the the, the baggage that, that we suddenly found ourselves encountering, especially when we started to go um, sleepless nights and you know, finding it very difficult to break away and find ways to, to disengage from what it, we had become involved in. Um, so there are two kinds of upset people. And I, I, think, I think for me personally, I was very grateful to meet with you guys in the mountains, um, on the olive groves, where people had been stranded for days and days um, with fatigue and uh, as well as distress. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that answers some of how, what it was like. And I think what's really sad is I was just talking to our coordinator a few days ago, and um, you know, the boats still arrive, the boats of people still arrive. I mean, obviously, the, the 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 problems are still ongoing in the surrounding areas. The Middle East is 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 just almost what we say, God-forsaken, and um, people are still running for their lives. And I see the images of all those families and children women men uh elderly you know they as they were coming across and um you sort of think you know why would people put little babies as 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 early as um you know newborns sort a few weeks old uh, people who just had a cesarean section were getting on the boat and coming across because there obviously is uh, a situation, and there unfortunately remains a situation, which is why we, in Katrinos Healthcare, which is the organization I've set up, we um, have continued to provide um, daily medical cover. We're, we provide seven-day services inside the camp. There's a notorious camp called Moria in Lesbos, Um, and we're seeing hundreds of people daily trying to provide these services. And I think you, uh, uh, Gunilla and Orff, will be very proud of us to know that we are now incorporating a session within our medical clinic, which is primarily for uh, general health care, primary health care, and food in that emotional support um, and psychological support. Yeah, And I think and what, that
1: is what is what is different, perhaps with with you, Siana it is that you since I, we met in 2015, we showed you the tapping and for you, it was a relief. And then some years passed. And then it was like last year, it's like in January 2018, when you um, called me and said, you we need you here because um, We see so much of these emotional challenges that these people come with and also encounter in the in the refugee camp isn't it so that was i was you know um feeling like wow you are so brave and so um seeing people as a whole and seeing that it's not only medical care even if you yourself you're a medical doctor and a general practitioner um, but also seeing that so much of these symptoms that they come with are of emotional um, character
2: absolutely so as a as a general practitioner, I want to say something about that, and that is that you know when you come with a, a physical illness, you can't disentangle that from the psychological side. We as humans we are we are three parts to us almost you know there's the physical there's the soul, and then there's the emotion so you can't disentangle all of that. For example, if someone's in physical pain, but they're also suffering a a psychological trauma of the loss of their family, watching, uh, having seen their family being killed, perhaps in front of them, um, that that pain that they feel is going to be completely multiplied. And I I think as a GP, um, we we do have to practice a a level of holistic medicine. And I, I think I'm very clear that the services that is provided in a regular medical clinic is is insufficient for the care of such traumatized people, which is why I I think um, it was really amazing to be able to incorporate um, this technique that you teach us, such simple things that are so easy to learn, easy for people to do themselves, um, and repeatable without risk of overdose without risk of someone going away and selling it to someone else. Well, of course, we want them to do that. Uh, But, you know, so many advantages compared to our regular therapy. And and just to mention about the regular therapy, of course, in our camps, um, some of the much of the EU funding that was uh, sent in earlier days was directed towards this conventional talking therapies like uh, CBT and psychotherapy. Um, And of course, what we experienced in our camps is you can have these containers with psychologists all ready to treat people, but then they wouldn't have perhaps an interpreter or perhaps uh, there was um, difficulty engaging with certain people because they were so aroused and so traumatized that they they couldn't actually be, be, be talking. And then, of course, when you start talking, I mean, what do you do? You say six weeks, you start talking to them for, and then what? You know, you've opened up a can of worms, and where do they go with that? These people don't know where they're going to end up. They don't know what their follow-up services are going to be. So it's actually, like, I would almost go as far as saying that regular therapy is like dangerous in this situation, you know, it's unfinished. It doesn't complete the picture for, for an, a traumatized individual.
0: Agreed. Could, could I ask you something? Uh, if, if I was, t- if I wanted to support um, Katrina's healthcare and the work you're doing, the questions I imagine that would pop into my mind are like, why is it necessary for you? To, isn't somebody else there doing, doesn't somebody take care of this? Isn't there a government doing this? Why, why do we need uh, organizations that um, that volunteer to help in this enormous crisis. It's, it's, that's a question I often get. It's baffling.
2: I, I ask that question of myself almost every day. Why do I still need to be there? And every day I get answers. Um, um, the, just in November, gone, uh, just in 2018, um, the Greek doctors who were based in our camp, for example, Um, quit. So many of them were great humanitarians and had been working sort of almost non-stop throughout the crisis for two, three years. Um, And then they found that their own government hadn't been able to support them, um, either financially or educationally or whatever their needs were. And then I think the last straw for one or two of them was when people became so frustrated at the lack of services and and started making verbal and physical threats towards the doctors and I think you know they Sadly they they couldn't take it anymore and they had to leave. So our camp uh, Does not have any local greek doctors Um, The hospital is inundated and and they've got to this stage where they just have to deal with the bare minimum and so much so that there unfortunately have been some deaths because You can imagine, you know, the cross-cultural and language boundaries, there's always going to be issues. And then you get burnt out and tired doctors and nurses who maybe can't give as much as they would like to. And they become so frustrated. So every day I have a reason to continue uh, sending uh, clinical doctors and nurses, volunteers, who, who fortunately for me, that has been the one thing is that we have been able to get that message out through friends and family and supporters. Doctors and nurses have worked with us at the moment on the ground. We have a doctor who's come back for the fourth time in two years to support our work just because she realizes, you know, that there is such a need there. Um, The nearest, collected this on my Google Maps the other day. I just punched in the local clinic from Moria Camp if I had a sick baby, I would have to walk one hour to get to the local clinic. And then of course that clinic wouldn't be able to necessarily treat me because it's a very basic clinic that's one hour away from the camp. Um, So it is, it's tough.
1: It is tough and this is, I mean the amazing thing is that this is in the middle of the European Union. I mean, this is in the country of the original Western medicine. Where Hippocrates started, you know, Western medicine, and that's where there is no regular health care for these people in need. And the fantastic is that uh, you and your organization Katrina Healthcare, is there and taking care of these people and in a very holistic way. Um, so, uh, you know, we all have to thank you for for doing this humanitarian work.
2: Well, you know, I mean, I think it's a pleasure for me. I speak on behalf of our volunteers and our core team. We're one of the only organizations who actually um, seeks out individuals from within the camp who are skilled enough to support us in our work. So we have a coordinator, Abdul Hadi, who's amazing. He's he's left Iraq, uh, sorry, Syria himself. his family in Syria, and he's come over. He's now seeking asylum, and I believe he has got it in Greece. And he's turning around and offering his own services. He used to be a medical student back in Syria until the third year of medicine, and then sadly could not finish his studies, which is, which is the case in many warring countries. Myself, I originate from Sri Lanka. I have so many family members who were never able to complete their uh, higher education, Uh, And this, you know, at least Abdul Hadi's one individual has been able to come over now and he helps us to run this clinic on the ground and give some of the time back and some of his, uh, what he, what goodness he gained, he's kind of giving it back to the community and the same for our interpreters. We have fantastic interpreters from every single country um, of of, uh, the, representing the people of the camp and uh, they are providing incredible amounts of service uh, with such dedication. You know, I, I can't pay them enough. I pay them a small stipend, which is just a thank you, a simple human gesture just to say, I'm so grateful. But really, you know, they're not in proper jobs, but they call it incentive payments. It gives them a sense of hope, a sense that we still care about them and we care about the situation and there are people who support us um, who help us care for them.
1: They are themselves refugees, yeah, in the camp.
2: Exactly, yes, yeah, that's what I meant to say, yeah, they live there.
0: But it, but if I was to donate to Katrina's Healthcare, um, how would I go about it, and what would the money be used for?
2: So um, we have on our um, website, um the options for donating... Um, many ways, PayPal and uh, through bank transfers and various platforms. Um, The money that we use at the moment, um, we have options for people to support a specific appeal. So we run specific appeals from time to time. At the moment, our current appeal is to support the people in the clinic who keep the clinic running. Um, And those are the volunteer, uh, uh, the interpreter refugees, uh, refugee interpreters, the refugee um, c- clinic coordinator. And, um, and but with them, because they understand the language, the infrastructure, they help support the doctors and nurses who are completely volunteering their time. So I, you know, there's in the past, I used to try and at least pay for flights for the doctors. I can't even afford to do that anymore. So all the money that people donate generally goes into the infrastructure, providing medicine, equipment, and supporting the core staff uh, who are themselves uh, refugees um, uh, to run this service. Wow.
0: So is is there a way, do I need to go to the website or is there a simple way for me to donate just listening to this?
2: Um, Well, you can donate directly, I suppose, into a bank account. We have a, a registered charity bank account, which is a UK bank account but um, PayPal know. is probably...
0: PayPal is probably uh, easier, so what's,
2: pay, pay, what's... PayPal's probably easier. So on the website, we have a, uh, uh, and Facebook as well, we have links for something called Total Giving. It's a platform that does not take any fees. Um, and we, we, we really enjoy um, getting the um, donations from there. In the UK, if there are people who are taxpayers, we can claim, gift aid, which is 25% back from the government, which helps us run a very, very small administrative team back in the UK. So we don't use any of the donations for our administrative tasks. Mm. Great. But
0: but is there an address that we could say here for that PayPal, or or could we say the number of the account?
2: Um, Do you want me to read out the number of the um, IBAN account? Um, I think PayPal is Katrina Healthcare. I will just have to see if I can. Can we put that up as a link, perhaps, uh, under the uh, podcast?
0: Well, we could. Let's just double check that because if somebody's listening and driving a car, they shouldn't be um, checking yeah. their phone. So we just want to make sure that it's a simple <laughs> way to remember ah, this yeah. is how I how I, can, I want to help. I so want to be a part of this.
2: Kitrinos is the name. for so Kitrinos Healthcare. Kitrinos is actually uh, yellow for Greek. in Greek. And it's uh, Kitrinos because we started working from the back of a yellow ambulance doing male migrants as they were walking around Greece, um, all those kilometers, and we were providing medicines and healthcare, care, driving doctors to follow those people around. So that's why we're called Kitrinos Healthcare. So there'll be a picture of a yellow ambulance uh, once someone does get a chance to uh, go on there. But if you search up KITRINOS, uh, spelled K-I-T-R-I-N-O-S, healthcare, one word, dot org, um, and uh, that, that, that's how that can be donated. Of course, you can call our UK office number as well. Um, Which is? easier. Um, I'm going to read that out to you in just one moment. Um,
0: Gunilla, mm-hmm. while Sienna is finding that, uh, you, you, you told me a fascinating story about Moria, how, how you actually yeah. could you know, Could you tell that story?
1: Yeah, because I was thinking of that because I have been many times then since um, Sienna contacted us and asked if we could come and teach some of these techniques that we are going to, to, to tell you about uh, just in a few minutes. Um, I have been going to, um, to Lesbos to teach these techniques to refugees and to the staff of KITRINOS and to other organizations because there are many organizations supporting refugees uh, in Lesbos. So some of them um, have really had these very severe panic attacks and, you know, and been going to hospital and the only thing they can get there is medication, which doesn't help. So this, um, some of these very small children... Uh, who I have met who have been uh, one time I came to the to the doctors without borders to their clinic, they were asking me to come because the psychologist didn 't know what to to do with this child who was crying incessantly in the arms of the uh, of the father, and um, they had no idea you know who was, Sianna said these challenges for psychologists with interpreters and then how to to reach this child of five years old. He had been crying since five in the morning and then it was 11 o'clock when I met them. So I said, you know, let's go in into one of the tents that they had there in their, I mean, in their compound, because they also needed our assistance in the Doctors Without Borders and um, so I asked this father because I, of course, couldn't reach this child either just to do some of this tapping and some of this stroking that is from another technique that we often, you know, show people called uh, havening, which is um, stroking of the upper part of the arms very, you know, consistently. And after some time, this, this child um, more and more got more and more relaxed and finally fell asleep on the floor and everybody was, you know, just. Sighing of relief, because it was so painful to see this child, and it wasn 't a cry of you know wanting something, it was a cry of panic because this child had lived through um, the war. this had started this crying since they left, and they were from um, Iraq since their house was you know destroyed by uh, bombardment so this, uh, so after that, we would also show them the parents how to do this with the child. To, to, you know, you have to like train your nervous system to to get used to being relaxed when this kind of shocks have happened. So then we would show them to do the tapping in the morning and the evening and this havening stroking, you know, also in the morning and the evening to make this child come, become calm. So that is what we're going to tell you now also after, after uh, Sienna has found uh, the numbers.
2: Yeah. yeah, I've got my UK office number, which is plus four four for UK seven nine zero eight six nine seven seven nine one. And we also do you want me to repeat that? So plus four four seven nine zero eight six nine seven seven nine one. And if someone wants to call a landline, uh, we also have a landline number, which is plus four four. Two zero three four nine zero
0: eight nine double three. Could you say the last one again?
2: So plus four four two zero three four nine zero eight nine double three.
0: You have a great phone voice. I mean, that, that number sounds like giving directions on a GPS. You know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm Good.
0: All right. So I, th- I think that, that's beautiful. That kind of sums up. So if, if anybody feels like contributing to this, uh, what if somebody sits and says, I, w- I want to be a part of this. I g- I, I have, I'm a doctor. I'm a nurse. I want to go there. I want to
2: help. Uh,
0: are you open for that?
2: Absolutely. We, we have so many friends. We have about a thousand now registered with us doctors and nurses from all over the world. Um, and on our website again or Facebook, there will be a join us button please hit that Uh, there'll be a registration form where you can express an interest of, uh, you know, put down some basic details. And from there we will facilitate um, to uh, take whatever help we can get from colleagues for sure. Great.
1: Wonderful. Fantastic. Yeah, it is a fantastic organization full of love and care and high skilled um, people assisting and, uh, refugees in, 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 a, in a very vulnerable situation.
0: But, but I would like to say this as well. Uh, you, you, you should join this not only to make a difference for them, but also to make a difference for yourself. Because when you actively participate in something like this, even if it's uh, donating or, or calling them or becoming a part or just going down for a weekend to find out more or uh, whatever it is you're doing, you're actually actively participating in making a different world a better world and you you will find that it is enabling empowering and inspiring you will learn so much from these people you because they are experts uh, in in their lives and their stories so it's some people might say you know how, how do you handle that isn't it depressing and hard to go and help people who are traumatized and and running for their lives from a war and the answer is no it's extremely inspiring and empowering. And you should take this chance that you have to make a difference. Because when you look back at your life, you're gonna say, I did it. I I didn't just talk about it. I did something about it.
2: Absolutely, Such such a rewarding experience. Sometimes I wonder who gains more, you know, because even though I'm a doctor, sometimes I find the pleasure of being able to put, for example, a sock on a cold little baby's foot uh just to keep the baby warm, you know, just little things sometimes and the knowing that the, the the happiness, you know, is so infectious, the happiness that you give someone and then you get back from it, very infectious and probably the best cure to if anybody's feeling a bit low or down or despondent, I tell you what, go to a refugee camp, come and visit us in Greece. It's not very far away.
1: Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, and that is exactly this. That's what we often say also when we are doing these trainings. It is that basic uh, care Basic health care, emotional care starts with holding somebody in their hand or offering a cup of hot tea, you know, just being there and being calm, not crying when people are crying, but being calm and, and being there as something that is stable and listening to to, to to people. And let them listen to you and your, you know, your story. It's an exchange because we're all here together in this world and it makes a big change when we realize that that is not a question of of helping one, but it's of helping each other or being together, being friends, <laughs> not patients, friends, you know, in different kinds of situations.
2: Being mm. human together, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. That's wonderful. And I'm so experience. grateful for the time I have spent with Kitrinos in. Yep. In in, in Lesbos and just this to have this exchange. Yeah. So Thank you so much, um, Siana. So should we share some of these techniques yes. for those who have listened and, and waited also to learn something for themselves and that they can, that you can share with others, you know, help yourself and help others.
0: Yeah, so we're, we're gonna teach right now. Uh, so the best thing, you, you could do this driving a car uh, up to a certain part, if you're listening when you're driving, <laughs> uh, because the breathing exercise you can always do and it's used by first responders. It's taught in police training in the U.S. Uh, it's a matter of getting control of your breathing because when you control your breathing, your autonomous nervous system, the part of the, which is the sympathetic nervous system, actually calms down.
1: Yeah, so this, one of these breathing is called like tactical breathing or box breathing because it's like you imagine yourself a box with four sides, same, same length on each side. Um, so it's a question of, of breathing in, holding your breath, breathing out holding your breath in the, in, in, the, in the same rhythm. So we can just start if you, Ulf, if you just uh, direct the breathing.
0: Okay, so it's very simple. Uh, all, all you want to do is you want to breathe in like the sides of a box. Imagine a box with like sides, okay? So first you breathe in through your nose, and then you hold your breath, and then you breathe out with a sigh through your mouth. And then you hold your breath. And then you breathe in through your nose. You hold your breath. And then you breathe out with a sigh. And just wait a little. And the third time, breathe in through your nose. And hold your breath. And now when you breathe out with a sigh, see how heavy you can become in your body. Breathe out. Now, the trick here, what you want to do is you want to become as heavy as you can in your body. It's hard actually to relax. People say to people who are tense, they say, relax, will you? When people answer, I am relaxed, but they're not. Because it's hard to know when you're actually relaxed. But when you can sense that you are becoming heavier, you actually become more grounded because you're allowing gravity to receive your body. And you're allowing it to hold it for you. So Mm. becoming heavy is a really good way of relaxing.
2: Mm.
1: So let's do it once again then. So you just breathe in with your nose. Breathe in. Hold your breath for a while. And now breathe out with a sigh and make yourself feel heavy. Wonderful. There you are. And then we should show or tell about one more technique that is easy to learn also over um, over your headset or over listening and then um, should we do some hifting or some of the tapping what do you think of
0: i think we can try some tapping uh we just want to tell you that if you're driving a car you don't want to do this keep your hands on the wheel uh, <laughs> but it's very
1: simple Ganilla, you can lead it yeah Um, So, um, the most simple kind of tapping, because tapping is one of the techniques we teach. We call it trauma tapping technique. And the whole sequence you can learn from our website, which is peacefulheart.se. And uh, also from our app called Self Help for Trauma. Self Help for Trauma, an app that is in 26 languages. But one part of the tapping you do on the chest. We call it actually gorilla tapping, because this is something that this big strong vegetarian animals do when they are feeling well and you know presenting themselves um, to the world or to others or their same kin and it's a question of tapping on the chest um, while doing this breathing again so you just tap with your fingertips all over your chest just like you have seen a uh, everybody has seen tarzan or a gorilla doing this kind of of tapping and it has this direct communication with the trigger points of the nervous system, but also the muscles that often get very tense when we are are uh, nervous or uh, worry a lot. Then the muscles on the chest get tense and we start folding the body inwards, you know, protecting ourselves, especially protecting the chest. So by tapping on the chest and doing this breathing, you can help yourself to become more calm, and 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 finding back into your own courage you know so we just do it um so you breathe in and now you hold your breath for a while and when you breathe out you do the tapping on the chest and you breathe out
0: there you go and you hear the speed it's kind of fast there you go
1: and then we do it again so you breathe in keep tapping hold your breath keep tapping and then you breathe out with that sigh and then just one last time so you keep tapping with your fingertips all over your chest you breathe in hold your breath keep tapping and then breathe out with a sigh And then if you like, you close your eyes or if you already have closed your eyes, still not when you're driving, of course, (laughs) you just feel what it feels like, you know, you just observe what it feels like inside yourself. Because all healing starts with self-observation.
0: And in a way, as you're observing this, you can also just allow your mind to wonder a little bit about what the difference is that you can notice. For some people, it can be a a big difference, for some a slight difference, but it's it's a little bit like the song of Leonard Cohen, there's a crack, there's a crack where the light comes in, uh, or light shines in. Sometimes you just need to look for it, to feel it, and find it.
1: Yeah. So... So that is two ways to, 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 know, to balance your nervous system. You find more, as we said, on our website, selfhelpfortrauma.org is another one, peacefulheart.se. So we have those two, and the app for self-help, self-help for trauma.
0: Yeah. Self-help for trauma, and and there's a website, there's an app, and uh, you can read also a lot about the materials there. There are testimonials, and you can download our book, Resolving Yesterday, First Aid for Stress and Trauma, um, for free as a PDF, Uh, and uh, also if you want, there are instructions for how you can do a community training, how you can do this in schools, how you can make this a part of your daily routine um, to do emotional health care or emotional self-help care.
1: Yeah, and do assist Katrina's healthcare to keep assisting those most vulnerable in Europe today, the refugees in Lesbos. Yeah, and take the chance to
0: to, to grow as a person from this because, like I have to say again, it's an amazing experience to actually do something. Very much so. Dr. Siena. is there anything you'd
1: like to add? I think we lost her somewhere. Perhaps Ah. her microphone was actually got out of battery. So. Or
2: she, or she, or she. Sorry, no, there I'm go. here. <laughs> I, I accidentally muted it because I didn't want to disturb the lovely, yeah. soothing breathing and tapping <laughs> techniques. Um, but no, thank you. I, I, I think we have um, started to incorporate um, these uh, very simple things into the routine of medical care and I believe there is, a, there is more to be done. Uh, we, we need to keep Uh, our minds open, our hearts open um, to the beauty of simple things that can sometimes be more beneficial than um, perhaps strong medication or, you know, something really difficult to do. Yeah, Yeah.
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So please take a stand, at least learn the technique, learn how to breathe, learn how to tap, uh, regulate your emotions, go to Greece, help people enjoy life. Thank you so much for listening.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you, Sienna, for joining us.
2: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, thank you.
2: Bye bye.
1: Bye bye, everybody. Bye. Mm.